0: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of Beginnings, Genesis, with Enosh to Enoch, Methuselah to Noah, Corruption Increasing, God Speaks to Noah, and God's Covenant with Noah Foretold. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
1: The Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father and beseech you in the name of our Lord Grant us our sins. is in the name Lord, who may have never our transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgive us. O Almighty God, Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins. gracious Lord you cause your word to be proclaimed in every generation stir up our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may receive this proclamation with humility and finally be exalted at the coming of your son our Savior Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God now and forever
0: The epistle is from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus, that as you received from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you,
2: according to St. Matthew, the twenty-third chapter. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The seed of Moses was given glory by God on high, the glory to see God's backside, glory that reflected in the face of Moses so that he required a veil. The ministry of reconciliation or of redemption of the new covenant has far greater glory because the first ministry has passed away and because The ministry of redemption shows us the face of Christ is a mirror of the Lord's glory itself. But the seed of Moses was also fraught with temptation, and often the men who filled it suffered corruption. They loved the best places at feasts and in the synagogue, and they loved titles in the marketplace and greetings and the like. So our Lord warns the apostles to be that the danger and the temptation for them will be greater, as the glory also is greater. There is attendant to the office, incredible temptations, primarily to pride. So that St. Paul says, one of the qualifications to be a bishop is to not be a novice, lest one become puffed up with pride and suffer the same condemnation as the devil. Pride is ever-present because those who sit in the office of the New Testament bear the greatest office in the history of the world, second only to the office of the Messiah himself. We should not be ashamed of this. We should not qualify this or pander to those who are in other offices. We should recognize that God has given the office of the ministry as the most essential work to be done on earth. To preach the gospel unto all nations, to baptize, to make disciples. But with that glory, and given to grandiose illusions of the men that fill it, come incredible temptations to think that they are the savior of the world, or that they, in some way, deserve the honor and the glory that belongs to Christ himself. So, St. Paul's warning to Timothy is most noted, that you should not be a novice lest you be puffed up. And the answer to that then is to become an expert by learning. But that, of course, brings its own temptations. If you have a great deal of learning and become an expert, they might give you titles like teacher and rabbi that you might become addicted to and privileges and the like. Nonetheless, there's no other way through it. You cannot go around it or under it or over it like hunting a bear. You have to go through it. You have to endure temptation. There is no escape from it. Our goal is not to escape temptation, but rather to remain faithful in the face of it in the way of Jesus Christ himself. So you have to endure learning even with the temptations that come with it. But the words of Jesus as repeated in the Alleluia verse today are ultimately the real answer. The answer, the corresponding virtue and response to pride is humility and suffering. Humble yourself that you would be exalted. There is also in learning a humility that might come about if we have the honesty to face the reality that the more we learn, the more we realize we do not know. So also, the more that we learn particularly about the goodness of God and our place in creation and the work of his gospel, the more it becomes evident that we are not worthy of these things, and our own laziness and pride is exposed. The greatness of the task itself, which attracts us so desperately, also threatens to destroy us, either to lead us to pride or to despair. And also then on top of this, there is the inevitability of failures. No man on this side of glory fulfills this office perfectly, and even if your church experiences numerical growth, there will be a great many losses that the numbers do not reflect, and every one of them is personal, and every one of them hurts deeply. I have no idea what the actual percentage is, but I would guess that in my own ministry 30% success rate would be large. If I witnessed to ten people and three of them join the church and remained members for more than two years, I would be surprised. The reality is that the world is hostile to the gospel and the temptations are not only great for the ministers, but also for the people of God. And those failures also serve humility to recognize that we are dependent upon the word of God and upon his promises. But there are absolutely promises. Matthew 28 is often misquoted as proof of the spiritual indwelling of Christ. That is not what the passage is talking about. That's a reality, that Christ lives in the hearts of his people, that he abides in them. But in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says explicitly to the 11, that is to the apostles, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, of all Gentiles, by baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. That is a promise to be present in the apostolic ministry, in baptism and in preaching to the end of the ages. God promises to be present with you throughout these temptations. He has already overcome Satan in the desert. He has already been rejected and hated by the world, crucified and raised. And so the way that we go in humility, waiting for the exaltation to come according to his promise is the way of Jesus, the way of temptation, the way of suffering, the way of martyrdom one way or another but in the absolute and sure promise that Jesus keeps his word, that he will be in this ministry, that his word will not return void, but will do what he has promised, and that ultimately, those who depart in the sign of faith, without exception, will be exalted. In Jesus' name.
2: In our prayers, we remember John Sukluna and his family as they mourn the death of his sister. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For patience and perseverance, that our King would heed our cries for his return, and that until the great day, Christ would keep his church bold in its proclamation of his everlasting reign, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For our nation, that God would send his peace upon our land, preserving our freedom to proclaim the truth concerning sin and righteousness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those recovering from surgery and illness, and for those who struggle with chronic illnesses, that the great physician Christ our Lord would attend to their physical needs through the gifts of doctors and nurses, and that he would also give comfort, hope and strength to their souls. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who care for the terminally ill and dying, that the compassion of Christ would be at the center of their words and deeds, and for John and his family, that during this time of sorrow, they would ever trust in the promise of Christ's victory over death and the grave. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who receive this day the Lord's Body and Blood in his Supper, that our hungering hearts may be well prepared to receive the goodness of the Lord, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have
1: mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Unto the Lord our God. It is meet
3: and right so to
1: It is truly meet, right, and salutary you who tarry, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, Everlasting God, Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels, And with all the company of heaven, We, Lord, and magnify your glorious name, Evermore praising you who and saying and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. WHICH IS SHED FOR YOU FOR THE FORGIVENESS OF SINS. THIS DO AS OFTEN AS YOU DRINK IT IN REMEMBRANCE OF ME. THE PEACE OF THE LORD BE WITH YOU ALWAYS. Body and the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen.
2: All oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. And His mercy is good Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.